Welcome to the excellent Exo Chat with Bill and Nora. Our podcast is meant to educate, inform, and discuss the ever-expanding topic of exotechnologies. If you are interested in exoskeletons, robots, or automated systems, you should listen to us. We will be discussing how these technologies impact you through chats with experts and users from around the world. I didn't know <laughs> if I was going to be able to do it today. It's a little off here. It's uh, I've kind of got my own construction site going on here at my house today. And uh, yeah, I'm feeling like I need an exoskeleton or something to participate. How are you oh, doing man. today? I'm doing good, Bill. I think I also threw you off with telling you that I wasn't going to let you know what the topic was for our podcast today. Yes, that would that was a dirty trick. I didn't know about that one, but I'm sure it's going to be fun. So what what is it? Can you tell me now? All right, I can. So this came about this morning. I was uh, driving my son to day school and getting him out of the car and walking him up to school and his very nice teacher came to the front door and this this woman she's incredible i can't imagine having 15 kids in a classroom on top of being due with her second child in april wow and i know and it really got me thinking bill and uh wanted to bring up the topic for today's podcast on how do exoskeletons fit the user Ah. Is an exoskeleton something that is designed specific for you? Is it something that, you know, as you <laughs> gain weight, I know I fluctuate all the time, or you have other individuals in your company, some short, some small, and uh, like, how does that work, Bill? Yeah, so that's a great question. It's the, it's the question of the custom fit for a single individual or you have a, a, a size range for an right. exoskeleton that you adjust as needed, right? And mm -hmm. what what I've observed for the most part is that you end up with exoskeletons that have a size range and you adjust the fit of the exoskeleton to the person uh, as needed. Now, certainly you can't have one exoskeleton that covers all the size ranges for most of the exoskeletons out there. So there's always, you always have to have like, you know, it's almost like buying a, you know, a t-shirt or something. You need, you need a small, you need a medium, you need a large kind right. of thing. Uh, but, you know, you raise an interesting question. What if you change your size right. and shape after you've been fitted for an exoskeleton? Well, right, because I was thinking, you know, <laughs> I was working in the environmental field when I was pregnant with my son. Um, and really didn't have to worry about the PPE in that, in that case. I just grabbed a larger safety vest and it wasn't a problem. Um, but just really got me thinking about an EXO and how that really works. Right. And, and I think in an ideal situation, that would be the same thing. You should be able to go and say, hey, I'm a medium, but now I'm a large. <laughs> Let me go mm -hmm. get a large one of these. It should work in a similar manner. I just have to adjust it a little bit different to fit me, right? I mean, right. That's, that's what makes logical sense to me. Now, it, is that always going to be the case for every exoskeleton out there? Um, maybe not. And then there's going to be, there may be some exoskeletons where you're never going to have to worry about that. So okay. what... what 
what would be one like that that I could imagine? Well, one of them would be like if you had an exoskeleton for your hand. Mm -hmm. The likelihood that your hand is going to change shape drastically without some injury right. or something like mm -hmm. that, that's probably pretty low. So, you know, once you probably have a good fit for that, it's probably going to stay that way for a while. Interesting. Interesting. So I'm going to I'm going to throw a couple more questions at yeah. you that I'm thinking as you're you're talking. So you brought up, you know, an, an injury, right? right? So, you know, let's say for instance someone has um like one of those cuffs that they wear on their wrist right. or, you know, they have an orthotic. I can tell you right now I have orthotics that I have to wear in my shoes. Um are does it matter? I guess is the question. Um or could that have an impact as to how the exo works with you? Sure, certainly. If if where you're wearing a orthotic or any kind of uh, aid would line up with where the exoskeleton is attached, then that mm -hmm. could have an impact. And so you 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 know, with like like any other thing, you want to look for where are the interfaces and where could there be interference. You know, okay. we have a we have a, some folks in the industry now who are looking at wearing a exoskeleton while they wear fall harnesses you got to look right. at those interfaces and see is there any kind of conflict here or is there no conflict here and you know continue on as you've been doing and the same thing whether you have a wrist brace or you have an ankle brace or you know like a lot of people these days a knee brace you know mm -hmm. does it does it cause a problem and and it's going to be somewhat dependent on what exoskeleton you may be using if you wear a knee brace but you've got a upper arm exoskeleton on probably not going to be a problem right. at all it's, it's, <laughs> you're in totally different parts of the body but if you got a lower leg exoskeleton and you have a knee brace on or you have any other uh type of uh orthotic or something like that you should you should think about it and and bring that into your considerations of as how you're using it yeah that's really interesting so i think you know bottom line what i'm hearing from you is that even though there may be exos that can, um, you know, change size, so to speak, maybe go from a small to a medium or a medium to a large, it really comes down to the fit. So right. if you as the user are not, you know, indicating that the fit feels right or it's too small or too big, that's something that you should bring to the attention of, of your company. Right. And, and making sure that the exoskeleton fits is key to making sure it functions right and does what it's intended to do. And th and that's beyond just, hey, I it fits on me now. It's understanding how to make it fit. And so right. giving people training on how to fit the exoskeleton, how to adjust the exoskeleton, how to recognize when one of your buddies is not wearing the exoskeleton correctly, like, uh, mm -hmm. dude, you've got it on upside down. That that's happened. <laughs> So, oh, it has. You know, so that's that's important. Is is you've got to look at all those things like that. And and here's the other thing to think about in this whole fit area is, I think people have to get away from this myth that there's just one exoskeleton out there for me. Right, one size fits all. Yeah, and and yeah. hey, I I may I may need this type of exoskeleton to do this job. I may need a totally different one to do a different job. You you shouldn't, you know, it's like okay, 
I'm, I use a hammer drill over here on this construction site. I'm not going to use a hammer drill to put together this electronic component over here because it'll break it. So, you know, nobody would do anything like that. Uh, but mm -hmm. but people are, are not thinking that way yet, I believe, about exoskeletons. You are going to need different types of exoskeletons for different jobs and for different functions, for different me medical conditions, for different types yeah. of rehab, for all sorts of different things. For Let's go to sports. Would you use the same exoskeleton for skiing that you would mm -hmm. for, say, I don't know, basketball. I, you know, I, I don't, right. I don't think those are going to be the same, even though they're mm -hmm. both a sport. Right. Yeah. No, I mean, that makes perfect sense. And it also brings back the aspect of how we were talking about those active versus passive exos. And I, you know, brings up another question. Is it, um, you know, is one able to be accommodated to a different fit? better than the other. So for instance, is an active exo more uh, one size? Um, and if you grow out of it, you got to get another one? Or huh. do they also do they also kind of grow with you, so to speak? I, I'm not sure that that's where the user is going to see the difference between the two. I mm -hmm. what I suspect and this is this is just kind of a, a off the cuff uh, answer here. I expect where they're going to see the difference is, hey, if I have to get a different size exoskeleton, it's probably going to cost me a lot more to get a new powered right. exoskeleton than an active one. And so, there, okay. yeah, there may sense. be there may be a more of a tendency. Let's let's make do a little bit longer with this powered exoskeleton because it's it's cost me a considerable amount of money to get a new one of these. You know, right. Yeah, I mean, and I would also assume like when when fit comes into it and you're trying on an XO, I'm sure there's certain aspects to a job where it's, you know, it's okay if it's a little bit looser. You still want it snug, but, um, you know, other areas like, you know, army, um, fall harnesses, you're using it with fall harnesses. You want to make sure that that fit is, is perfect. Yeah. Because um, <laughs> that is an area where you don't want to take a chance with that. Right, and and you know the the perfect fit is the intended fit. That's the mm -hmm. way I kind of think of that. So you you can't always. Uh, I think the other myth is that an exoskeleton has to fit so closely to you as like a second skin. Well, right. that that's not always true. It, you have to look at how it's designed, and the manufacturer should tell you this is how a good fit should look like that might be mm -hmm. very close to the body it might be away from the body but that's what you have to consider when you're using these things and then once you have a good fit then you're looking at where these uh, possible interference and, and and you know places where it may overlap with other things you're wearing yeah and i would think that the fit would be really important because it would have you know the individual employees or the workers buy into using them. I know there's a lot of situations where PPE can become uncomfortable. Having a hard hat on, you know, 12 plus hours in a day, <laughs> it, it can get, you know, tiring. So I would assume that making sure that the fit is as comfortable as it can be um, so that it, it 
starts being looked at as an aid instead of a chore when you when you have to use it. Right. So I would think just general comfort with the fit is important. Absolutely. And, you know, the hard hat is a, is a great example, you know, <laughs> and, and, you know, com- compare a hard hat versus a, you know, I'll say a combat helmet or anything right. like that. Oh, yeah. And and yes, the 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 weight of it, that that's definitely, a you know, as they say, a uh, difficult uh, thing to deal with. But you can get used to that. The thing that's really a, a, a really tough one for people is the heat. The heat load okay. from wearing, especially, you know, combat helmets and hard hats, especially if you're out in the sun, mm-hmm. that just really, that just will really wear you down after a while. And that's one of the things you have to watch out for when you're thinking about, you know, deploying exoskeletons or any other PPE. How is it going to change the heat load to my people? You know, right. because if they get too hot, I can guarantee you they're going to loosen that XO up or they're going to take it off uh, oh, and, it, and then it might not work right. So that's why it's really important to look at those kind of factors also, which is that comfort area you're talking about. Mm-hmm. See, I I thought, you you know, when you said, oh, your your uh, teacher friend who is expecting the child, I thought you were going <laughs> to talk about low back today because I know when my son was young. Uh. Lifting him up, and you know, always it was lifting him up at some freaking angle, you know. And so, mm-hmm. oh, you know, the many times that my back's been like, oh, what, what? The, he's so heavy. He right. should just walk now. There's no, <laughs> I shouldn't have to carry him. Well, it it, it just kind of jogged my brain about, um, you know, if if she were in a different, you know, setting and a different work environment, and was required to wear an EXO. Now, I would assume that at some point um, she wouldn't be doing, maybe not doing her normal day-to-day job, so to speak. But it it just really got me thinking, right? Because, you know, your your stomach expands. There's another human growing in there. And it really just made me think about all of the different demos that we've seen with an EXO where the belt goes across the stomach or it goes around the hip. Or, right. um, you know, even an ankle, like let's say you were playing basketball the day before you roll your ankle, it's really swollen, but you got to go to work the next day, putting on your boot and then putting on the EXO. How is that fit going to be? Is there a way to loosen the tight, you know, the tightness of it? Um, or is it going to just aid in the effect of not wanting to wear it, uh, so to speak? Um so, yeah, I just wanted to bring that up today because for me, I, I mean, I know when I was out in the field doing construction work, uh, it fit of your PPE or any of your equipment that you're using is really, really important. Right. And, you know, I want to I want to leave us on a good note. I, I can tell you from talking to a number of exoskeleton experts and developers around the world that that is a topic that is on their mind and they're thinking Mm -hmm. about this for the users out there. So I I think, you know, people can at least rely on the idea that, uh, you know, it's, it's something that we're, we're, we're uh, trying to deal with and to kind of make sure that is treated with respect and people can count on, getting the right kind of exoskeleton to help them out. Right. 
No, that's that's absolutely correct. And I can even I'll leave you with a funny story here, Bill. Um, you know, fit is of an exotechnology or an exosuit is just as important as any fit of equipment that you're wearing. I <laughs> I had a situation that I can tell you now that I'm not in the industry anymore where Right before I was expected out of the job site, I locked my keys along with my steel toe boots in my car. Oh. And the gentleman that I was working with happened to have a, a spare pair of uh, steel toed boots in the back of his trunk. And I can tell you that a size eight in women's does not go to a size 11 and a half in men very well in steel toed <laughs> boots or any boot for that matter. So. Oh. That's miserable. Um, That's know, blisters right there. Well, not only that, but, you know, the safety, right? I mean, right. yeah, I was on the site. I had steel toe boots on, but I could tell you right now, if anything were to fall on my foot, that steel was not where it was supposed to be. <laughs> right, right. And, and that's and that's what we want to avoid is we want people right, to have yeah. the right equipment for the right job. And I yeah, think we're absolutely. I think we're heading in the right direction for that. Thank you for listening to us today. Please share this podcast with your friends and join us next time.